The BS Report is a free-flowing conversation that occasionally touches on mature subjects. The BS Report. The BS Report with Bill Simmons. Welcome to the BS Report, taping this from Austin. We're at South by Southwest. And how many festivals have you been to, Wesley Morris? In my life? Yeah. Like how many different festivals or yeah. how many types of festivals? Different festivals. So you, this would count for like maybe oh, in, eight in, or nine. in my year. Yeah. Uh, this no. would be in my life. Career. A yeah. career. Jeez. Uh, Are you over a hundred? I'm probably not at a hundred. I mean, let's say I do five a year over thirteen years. Uh, oh, so yeah, that many. It's festivals. a good number. <laughs> so that's Where does 70? this one rank? Uh, I, I've never actually done this one before. This is my first time here. Look at that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it'll be special. It'll be special. This so why, also, why weren't you doing it? Um, because I think I needed a month off because it's, I mean, uh, between, between Sundance and Cannes, and then sometimes I go to Tribeca. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, for whatever reason, this festival was not one I went to. And also, for a long time, for me, it was a music festival. And I just didn't want to make, I just didn't feel the movies, there were enough movies to make this a priority. Yeah. But this year, I've been invited by South by Southwest to be a juror, so I will have... I like when you judge stuff. You mean for work? I don't know. It just makes me feel like we have more credibility as a website. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a juror. I mean, there's lots of things that get... Like, we've got... We don't need any more credibility. Uh, you never know. We don't... I mean, we yes. always have more credibility. The festival had been... South by Southwest film world had been asking... Um, had asked me to... Be a juror. They felt like you had something time. against it, probably. You go to every other festival. Maybe, maybe. And I would see people from the festival at other festivals. And yes, I had not been to this one. So now I'm here. I'm excited. So, I'm what's your wait. best festival story of a movie that everybody saw and just went bonkers for and it became a big hit and you knew it in the moment as it was happening? Uh, I have the opposite of that story. Oh, let's hear that. <laughs> Even better. I have the opposite of that, which is seeing uh, Lars von Trier's Antichrist. Oh. Which was the best movie-going experience of my life. What were people doing? I think Howling, you wrote about this. booing, yeah. getting up and leaving. Mm. Like, it was great. And that, you know, in France, at the Cannes Film Festival, they what they do is you don't just get up and leave. You storm out. Right. It's like a performance. Yeah. You know, you, your seat sort of slaps the, the, you know, the, the, your actual seat slaps the back of the chair. You have to climb, you have to physically climb over, you know, 25 people to get out of, out of your aisle, out of your row. Um, and then you kind of skulk up the aisle, you stomp your feet. It's a very dramatic thing. And to have that happen like 15 times over the course of one, like, two hour and three minute movie is just the best. And the movie itself is insane. If you've never seen Antichrist, it's... it's you know crazy. why they do Why do... Because France sucks. That's why they do it. Oh people have to act Bill, like people in France act. Bill, we That's just my least favorite talking. country. That's my least favorite country. Have you been to the other countries? Well, my least favorite of all the ones people go have to. Have you been to North Korea? No, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I mean, my least favorite tourist country. Least favorite tourist country? Uh... It's a, rude, I, it's a rude country. You could probably They don't really have time worse. for tourists. You could probably... I'm not going to name... I have limited I'm experience. Not, I'm not going to name how Let's much worse you can do. I, will, I can pick a very popular, currently in the news, mm. country. Okay. Some of my best friends live there. I don't like going because people are so rude. Um, what was your best story? <laughs> Wait, I'm recovering No, I'm getting from, out of France. Your uh, best festival story. Best festival Best story. movie you saw in a festival that took off and all of a sudden... Like, here's what I think happens at festivals. They show movies 
And like Harvey Weinstein's like in the men's bathroom waiting for somebody to pee so he can like, <laughs> you're not leaving the bathroom until I give you this deal and I've like got stuff a good like Harvey that. Harvey Weinstein in the bathroom story if you want to hear. I can't tell that story. It's not uh, dirty or anything. It's just it's not that interesting. I've got a good Harvey Weinstein in the bathroom story. I won't tell it. I won't I tell, it. I won't tell, tell it. it. I won't tell it. I won't tell it. I won't tell it. I can't. I won't. Okay. I won't because we want it. We want him to stay our friend. Okay. Um, or something like that. Uh, best, best story. Um, I think Whiplash at Sundance last year was one of the more exciting things. Because, hmm. I mean, off the top of my head, that, that was one of those things where you just knew when the movie ended. And it's got a great ending. It's got this triumphant ending. This ambiguously triumphant ending. And you just knew... People were just going crazy. The applause in the theater was just, was thunderous. And sometimes at festivals you can get tricked and you can think by the time the movie's ended that you are watching a movie that will conquer all movie going for like the next two years. And and then it turns out, (laughs) you know, X studio picks up the movie, doesn't do anything with it, puts it out, it plays for two weeks, and then it dies. Yep. I didn't feel that that was going to happen with Whiplash, even though technically that is what happened with Whiplash from from the standpoint of what Sony Pictures Classics wound up doing with it uh, as a distribution property. Um, But it lasted, it played, it more or less played from the moment it opened until the Academy Awards. I bet it had a big VOD thing, too. I mean, maybe now, but they didn't, you know, they don't, they... It was a pure, it was a pure, was pure theatrical yeah. release. Um, since the last time we did anything was our Oscars preview. Yeah. Which we taped because you were in L.A. We taped it like January 22nd, something like that. That's, that's why we did it? Well. I came there to do that. Right. I but do. It, I, when David Jacoby calls me, I just show up. But we thought it'd be cool. Oh, what can change? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so we do Best time. Actor, and we have a whole Michael Keaton Batman thing. Because at that time, he was like a 20-to-1 favorite yes. to win. Yeah, it seemed pretty to clear. bet $20 to win a dollar. Yes. And then over the over the course of three weeks, all of a sudden, uh, what's his face? Red Stephen Man. Hawking guy, Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> all of a sudden, he's a 20-to-1 favorite, and there's no... Di- what happened in those three weeks? Common sense, I think. I mean, I just, like, just given... We talked about this. Given what actors, given what the public thinks acting is, it's just so clear what it is. I mean, it's so clear what people want to see actors do to tell people that actors are acting. Yeah. And Eddie Redmayne is doing that in The Theory of Everything. So do you agree or do you disagree? Of course I disagree. Like, I'm not saying that his degree of difficulty wasn't high. I just don't find that kind of acting interesting to me. I just don't, I don't, I don't. I understand that it's probably not easy to do. And, it, and and I think that the admiration for the technique involved and the, and the skill involved in making that physical transformation is definitely admirable. But I actually don't respond to that kind of acting. You know, I mean, I, 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 something I has to come either. from within the actor. And I think Eddie Redmayne's advantage in, in that regard was, was pretty strong. Because he does have this kind of internal goodness. He has like this boyish quality that you really involuntarily respond to. Um, but I think acting has changed. I think acting in the last, I think since Raging Bull, 
how we think of acting is completely different after 1980 than it was before 1980. And I think the idea that you can change your body to the, and Elizabeth Taylor did this too for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, but not in it, and she won an Oscar for it. But I think Raging Bull, like seeing a man do it in this, in this way and seeing him do it at such an epic scale and seeing him so handsomely rewarded for having done it in a movie that many people think is a classic American motion picture. Um, I think it changed for actors, for young actors who grew up on De Niro, it changed what actors felt they had to do in order to be considered a great actor. And it's not something that you bring from within yourself. It's something you physically have to show you've done, like losing the weight, getting in amazing shape. Playing some disability. Playing a disability, putting the weight back on. I mean, De Niro does all of those things in that. In that you think movie. Cooper kind of qualified for that by putting on the 40 pounds of muscle for Sniper? Not really. Yeah, but, I mean, it wasn't... I mean, he's at a disadvantage because, I mean, the controversy of, of the movie... It, it, he's not, you know, Chris Kyle isn't Stephen Hawking. Right. You know, I just, I feel like he's just at a, he's at a disadvantage because what Eddie Redmayne had to do made him disabled. Yeah. As opposed to Chris Kyle sort of, Bradley Cooper turning into Chris Kyle, making him somewhat, you know, in the, in the scheme of the narrative of, of American Sniper, superhuman. So, you know how I love to do the five-year waiting period for the Oscars? This is how we should do the Oh, Oscars. yeah. You wait five years, and then you give the Academy Awards? What are mistakes? So what are, we gonna, what are the mistakes going to be five years from now? Uh, from last year? From, from the show from that just what happened? what just happened? Um, I feel like we're going to feel weird oh, that Birdman won. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Birdman is a movie despite what people don't like about it. Um, I think Birdman's a movie that people are going to recognize as a technical achievement, as a as a as a as a feat of movie making. It is undeniable. Like, would you say like Gravity? No, I think. I mean, you think Gravity holds the test of time with how that movie was made? It is best director. It didn't win best picture. No. Oh, you mean you're saying will Twelve Years a Slave look? Well, five years from now, we'll be like, 12 years a slave, really? I think we'll be fine with that one. Okay, I think so, too. I don't think, I think, I mean, every year I go through this thing where, like, I kind of have to tell myself I don't care. Yeah. Like, who, who cares? But. I'm the opposite. I care way too much. I care, I care a lot. I care a lot about the nominations. I care about, I care a lot about what the, what the five to ten movies are. Um, I care a lot about. Because I think that tells a really interesting story about the people who make our movies. I mean, I've said this a thousand times, but I love the Academy Awards because it's not, the, it's not a critics organization telling you what that critics organization thinks is the best movie. Yeah. It is the people who make the movies that you either love or hate saying what they think is, is the best, either of what they do or of what they don't do, given depending on who they give the Oscar to. Um, and I think the thing about Birdman is it is ultimately a Hollywood movie that Hollywood no longer makes. And so it came to Hollywood via these different, these, you know, unusual funding routes. The problem with Birdman was it got, it would happen sometimes is it's a really original movie that if you didn't know that much about it, you were going to get into. Yeah. But if you had your neighbor and your wife's buddy and, and you got to see Birdman, you, gotta see, you can't go into that movie that way, I don't think. 
I saw it. I knew nothing. I was like, oh my god, what is happening? The Maybe more background not. You, you saw have it really on, early. I saw it super you early. I had no early. idea what it was about. And I was like, wow, I'm blown away. Right. If I had seen it in late December, I don't know if I would have felt that way. But don't you feel, I mean, I think that's true for any movie. I feel like there are very few movies that once, once the Oscar train takes, if we're just dealing with the context of the Oscars, once the Oscar train takes off, people get to the movie. More often than not, what I hear is, really? But sometimes it works the other way. Like Sniper... I feel like it went the other way. Well, people are like, oh, no, that movie was good. Like, right. they're going, they're going it's always that, against the grain. That's a different thing, though, because I think that movie had a life irrespective of the Oscars. I think that was a movie that didn't need the Academy Awards to propel it to all the money it made. I think it made To the that $375 money. million dollars it made? Right. I think, and counting, I think that there's, a, there's something missing at the movies right now. And... American Sniper sort of accounts for it overcorrects for that lack. I had so many jokes for the, there's something missing at the movies right now that I was ready to go. You mean like watchability? <laughs> Taste? Uh, yes. I mean, you talk about American Sniper? No, or just, just like, in general. Yes, the last no. Few- but no, no, no. That is a legit. That's not a, yeah. a non sarcastic answer. I shouldn't be so excited to leave focus. Like, hey, that no, kept my I mean, attention for two hours. I was Thank surprised you. by your email to be after well, you saw you know. that movie. Will Smith is back. He was back. He's he, not a crazy person anymore. No, right. No, you're, he's back in the land of the sane people who makes true. half decent movies. It's true. I just wanted that Will Smith back. But 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 you see what's happening, and this is what you're getting at. We're operating at such diminished standards of we what. Are. Of what is acceptable, that that a mediocre. That, I mean, I, I found that movie entertaining enough. You liked it. I, I read your review. You liked it. You were happy with it. I was happy with it, but I was. I mean, I was. I mean, what I wrote is true, but I also think that it's not a great movie. It is a pretty good movie, both for what it is and just as a movie on its own terms. I think it's pretty good. We I think, see. We disagree on the girl. I think the girl's a star. You are straight. I am gay. Yes. That's why we disagree. There's a line for me. There's a line. And I yeah. think Margot Robbie is for me. There are some actresses who I cannot hear the dog whistle. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. I think there are a lot of actresses. I hear the dog whistle. You're deafened yeah. by the dog whistle. Like, whoa, dog the whistle. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who deafened. cast our movies are deafened by the dog whistle. You're either a star or you're not. Like Sharon Stone. Is she a star? Sharon Stone, Reconcilable Differences. So we're going way back. Oh like my God. She's 83. Been for 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. I knew. Oh, you knew? I knew. You were dog whistled. I knew. I it, was like, who is that? But, okay. So I then, can't believe Action Jackson. Go on. I knew it. And then Alan Quartermain? Total Recall. Boom. It was all leading to basic Wait, instinct. Wa- I could spot it for eight years. You knew. Okay. Certain certain female actresses just have it. Can feel it. I'm very much in agreement with you about Sharon Stone. But I will say this. And this is partly that she might be the line. I mean, and Sharon Stone is somebody that, I mean, I'm only telling you this because she's come up now as a topic of conversation and we're talking about the line and dog whistles and that sort of thing. I, 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 I used to know Sharon Stone. Do you know this about me? Sharon Stone kind of got me my first adult job. Jacoby. What? I, yes, Sharon Stone more or less helped hire me at the San Francisco Examiner. Her wow. husband was Phil oh, Bronstein. Oh, Phil Bronstein. Yes. So 
I have a soft spot for her that exists okay. like... I have a soft spot for her, too. You have a hard spot for her. They're very <laughs> different things. I probably owe some of my career to her. There may be five, five people I owe my career to. She mm. is weirdly one of them. I think the thing about Sharon Stone for me is I'd never watched her in any of those movies thinking she was going to be a star. I Basic Instinct happens, and I felt like she was dog-whistled into that part. And I feel like one of the things that gets you a part like that is that other people say no. And I feel like Margot Robbie is happening now because other people don't want some of these parts. Um, I've been wrong. I was wrong about Kelly Preston, who owned the mid-'80s for every, every teenager who was in high school, and it yes. never worked out. You were but wrong I feel like Travol- she got travoltaized. Maybe. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think I, you but, can have a weird but, marriage and not, and not get also weird. But, okay, well, let's, be spe- let's go into specifics. Let's yeah. talk about, like, what it is about, for instance, Sharon Stone that puts her over for the time that she was put over. All right, well, let's talk about Kelly Preston because that's a better example. Well, I can tell you what it. she doesn't do. What? I mean, she talks too fast. Kelly Preston? She, she speaks way too fast. Like, she, in a movie, Jerry Maguire should have been, her two scenes in that movie or three scenes in that movie should have been, I mean, she should have been the sort of negative Renee Zellweger, Zellweger yep. in that movie. But she delivers her lines too quickly. Like, you really have to, not in a screwball comedy kind of way. It's like a speech impediment. And there's something about her that you, that you want her to slow down a little bit. Jennifer Garner also I didn't realize she spoke in these movies. Is that true? <laughs> she really doesn't for uh, you I, that much? I know. I didn't realize she, in the mid-'80s movies, I don't remember her having lines. I don't remember that either, but when it really counted and she was getting these good parts in these big and biggish movies, I mean, the thing that holds her back to me is that she doesn't have, I mean, there's got to be sort of a pitcher or like there's some sports equivalent to of this problem, but she Somebody doesn't have. great stuff who doesn't win? No. She doesn't have the great stuff is what I'm saying. Oh. I think that she is limited because she doesn't have... She, she's a terrible free throw shooter. Well, we found, we found that in For Love of the Game. Because that was her big shot. <laughs> Everybody loses with For Love of the Game. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not the MLB Network, because they well, keep showing no, they- it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, Kelly Preston is a really an example of somebody who... She should have made it. It should have worked for her, but it didn't. Should have worked. And there were other people who did... I mean, at the time that she was... A thing. She also had Bridget Fonda, also kind of being a thing. You had no Kelly Preston owned the blonde, kind of precocious, sultry blonde corner redhead, for four right? years. No, was she, was she a blonde at her? Oh no! Come on, Wesley. Mary Jane McGuire. She was a redhead. Right? No, but I'm talking '80s. I'm talking Secret Admirer, Mischief. But those were girl parts. I didn't watch those movies and think that person's a star. I just didn't. Margot Robbie's a star. You really She's gonna think have a long so? career. Yeah, I don't have. I mean, I definitely don't have with her a, a a problem. I just feel like I watch her, and I feel like for me, what it is is the accent. She's just gonna have to be Australian. I think we should talk about this right now because I feel like accents are. Well, a this is what ruined uh, Chris Hemsworth in Black Hat. This is what just this have is, your Australian accent. Just be Australian. Why are you trying there's to talk no like Sly Stallone? There's no reason for yeah. Chris Hemsworth to be American. It's like, what are you doing? I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why Michael Mann needed him to be an American in that movie. Just be Australian. And in Thor, it's great because he's British. He'll be British in that movie. But 
I don't know in most of these movies beyond the actorly challenge of doing the accent why most of these guys do the accent. Um, we were talking about Margot Robbie. Yes. And uh, why and it's whether, not, why it doesn't work for me. So what, let's start there. Why doesn't it work for you? Can't act. We don't know yet. I mean, I I think she was good in The Wolf of Wall Street. Um, I I would like to see her do something else other than be this sex toy um, with a twist of something. Like, in that movie, it was... Well, I'm not sure what the twist was. Um, there really wasn't one. It was basically like the Goldie Hawn foul play part, like, where you're just kind of being ditzy, but you're maybe not as ditzy as it seems. And, okay, but Margot... You know what I mean? Margot Ruby and with a little sex Goldie Hawn. No, I know totally, they're different. Right. But I'm saying we've seen that part for Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, but, 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 but see here... Okay, so what I was getting at when we were trying to figure out what the differences were among people like Margot Ruby and um, Kelly Preston and Sharon Stone. Allie Larder, I'd like to throw in. Allie Larder is... Whipped Cream Sunday. Allie Larder is somewhere between Margot Ruby and... Um, Kelly Preston. And Kelly Preston, yeah, yes. It's like they had a baby. Yes, 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 yes. I, we tied her on this. I love her mouth. She's got a great mouth. Love Allie Larder. Um, but... In terms of what I need when I go to the movies from a from a from an actor or a star, I think that the thing. I mean, you were you you were giving me a list of women like do I like who do, who would I respond to? Like Scarlett Johansson is somebody who is is used in a similar way by movies, but I respond to something about. Her. She's become a female Terminator. She has been used by a handful of directors as this sort of object of technology. Like, she's been turned into robots. Literally. She's been software. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, Jacoby loves Lucy. I love Jacoby for loving Lucy. I, I was, mean... I actually thought of sending Jacoby a fake news, wire, news service story that Lucy was going to be turned into a TV series with Scarlett Johansson. He would have been over the moon. It's too soon. It would have been soon. over. Yeah, no, it's, it's too soon. I mean, I feel like she hasn't quite maxed out the movie thing. See, we think Russell Westbrook is Lucy. <laughs> okay he's better at basketball and it, his brain is now it's like his he's now at 7% brain so capacity right, right. and he's moving faster than everybody else and we think he's Lucy mm. we think that's what's going on and like in the playoffs he's just his skin's gonna come off he's gonna be a robot <laughs> what percent brain capacity accounts for those true religion ads oh I wanna know like cause those are terrible yeah, I mean, I would say probably if there's 0. anything 0. we can do to stop that from mm. continuing, we should do it immediately. True religion, I'm just going to say this. Can I speak freely? Yes. It is the worst clothing company for men, I would say, of that, at that level in the country. I would say that that might cost us a potential sponsor, but we never have sponsors. Bad people. I just, the, the most unpleasant people were true religion. And Russell Westbrook, I do not consider to be a bad or rude or, dis, or like discourteous person. So maybe it's a maybe it's an image overhaul for them, but it's too late for me. That was a tangent. We can come back and, t- my, and talk about my dream column that I always wanted you to write for us was just you watch a one hour loop of all the guys walking to the game at the when the beginning of the ESPN telecast. I and love you it. Just go ham. I, but we have to get the video. Could we get the video? I I love it. I I would love to do that. That would be that is one of my favorite things. Did you see what LeBron was wearing the other day? 
No. He's wearing like a striped, like maroon and, and navy blue striped sweater, probably cashmere, and a matching hat over what I think was a double-breasted blazer. Um. It was. It wasn't good. I think he's past now trying to be good at that. I think he's now just wearing clothes to go. Right. That looks comfortable. He's not competing with Dwayne. He's not competing with, he's no one to compete with at at that level anymore. So the crazy stuff that he and Dwayne Wade were wearing somewhat in tandem was also probably a competition and probably also something to do to take the Is it a competition though? Both guys hire somebody to yeah, get all sure, their clothes. I sure. feel like it's like a fake competition. It just isn't it's interesting. It's my guy is better right. than your guy. But it's not interesting anymore. No. So now like when I watch these NBA players go into these games, I am disappointed by how either bad or uninspired I am by what they're wearing. I like how James Harden's move now is just the giant beats, the beard. The beats gotta go. And the beats, he's just... The beats have to go. Just, isn't that like, it's their defense mechanism to shut out the surrounding people so as they walk through. So say the commercials, but I mean, I think that there's gotta be, I mean, I use I just don't think they want to have a conversation with anyone. No, I get like, why they but, but wear the, the oh, headphones. I can't hear you. Sorry. Sorry. No, I totally get it. Like, and, and the commercials tell me that too, but... And I believe that that is definitely. No, the commercials useful. are like you need these to shield shield yourself from the abuse of people. Right. It's like I don't know. I that's just don't the think they want to talk to the what, doorman. Right. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a little kid over there with an autograph. They're going to pretend they don't see me. Yeah, oh, sorry. Right. Don't see yeah, me. I, I mean, got my headphones on. These beats actually make me invisible. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, anyway, let's let's. Who is the best? Wait, let's one go. more thing. Who is the yeah. best dressed NBA player ever? Jordan. Ever. Yeah. Are Who you wins? Kidding? Jordan ever? No, I don't know. He was the most Jordan, famously dressed Jordan, person. Jordan He was the first one who cared. Jordan's the worst. The worst? Oh, wow. The worst. He always had a great reputation for it. No. For being the best? Yeah. Are you insane? He was like the first one. I'm just I don't what, even know what to I'm do. what sports people think. Right. Oh, well, sport, educate sports? us. They don't know. All time. I find this out from white schlubby sports writers. <laughs> so I listen to. No. No. You can't listen to them. So First Jordan of all, was Jordan, bad. Jordan is definitely what, the worst. Jordan is still the worst. What made him bad? With all due respect like to Gordon the awesome Gecko? greatness of, it's not. It's it's not Gordon Gecko. It's like, oh, I really got to get this right mm. because Gordon Gecko is very wrong. It's more like he, Michael Jordan now dresses, and it, it, it hasn't changed the clothes. It's he dresses like. The guy your mom is going on a third date with because this is the best she could do at oh. this particular moment in her life. <laughs> She's got to finish night school. She doesn't have time to like do a better He's comparison. He's been married and he might situation. have a couple of kids. He, setting that aside, he just seems kind of like he dresses like a loser. He dresses like a guy with more confidence than he has earned the right to have, which we all know is false. He should be president of the United States. So who's sport, the best then? Who's the best of all time? Or athletes. Give me I some athletes that just, you've enjoyed. Uh, in, in any sport? Yeah. I think for sheer gumption, you can't... It's hard to deny the, the Walt Frasers of the world. I mean, Walt Frazier, a lot of what he wore... I mean, even in the period in which he was wearing it was terrible. 
or bad, but he was really, he had style. He had a yeah. real style. And he believed in what he was wearing. I don't know what Michael Jordan believes. I, nothing comes off of him that's good hmm. in those clothes. You see, you see Clyde, and you just, you, you don't want to dress like him because you could never duplicate that, that confidence. But, but you just believe in that person. And yeah. you believe that that person believes he can do anything. And there's nobody who dressed, no, there's nobody who wore clothes where even if you disagreed with what he was wearing, you could not disagree with how those clothes made him feel. I'll tell and you. That's, that makes him the best. Tall, black, with cool facial hair. If you know how to dress, it's going to be effective. I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> Mutton chops. I don't know anything about that. Um, yeah. Those six foot six guys, man. I think tall, those suits look good. Tall, fit guys in general just have it made. They can wear almost. I mean, I've, I now have enough tall people in my life where I hear all these horror stories about how the pants, like the inseam, so don't quite to get, reach whatever, my yeah. ankle. Get there first is what I tell you. Be the, Dave Jacoby is one of those people. We've had this conversation. He can't, like, you know, when, you, when you're a certain height and you're blessed to be a certain height, you know, expletives to you, you got to get there first when it comes to pants or have a really great tailor. Because when you get there, like, the week after that stuff hits the store, I don't know. I remember always being jealous of, of luck. Magic, doing the show with Magic that year, could wear any color. Really in the spectrum. You can't, no. And it's like... I know you're going to try to give him a compliment, but I can't allow you no, to I just it. was always jealous of the colors. He wore a lot of colors, but he wore too Splashy much. Splashy colors. You know what, though? That's, that's what splashes on TV, because I showed up the, the first season, and I had all these outfits, but it always looked like I was going to a funeral compared to the colors that those guys were wearing. Yes. And yet there had to be a minute. You had to kind of pop out and seem happier. I think seeming I happier is the worst thing to happen to commentary on television. So you like my funeral period. strategy then? Uh-huh. My first day in PTI, I wore all dark, dark tie with the yes, dark suit. Yes, but we've talked about this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that tailoring. You're proud of me for the most I, part. I am a big fan of tailoring. Tailoring yeah. is the most important thing for anybody wearing anything. It has to look like it fits. And I think. That what happens on TV, and I think the NFL guys really well. They saw could wear it. the giant David Byrne suits. They don't do that anymore, though. And I think that Shannon Sharp, I think. Oh, Shannon, you're saying that the new oh, wave of guys turned a corner, yeah. right? Now I think Shannon Sharp was the best dressed guy doing commentary on television. Wow, so he's doing something right at least. Yes, th- at the very least, he's looking good. Great, he's looking good. Good and news for Shannon Sharp. News. It's the only compliment I will ever be able to give him. Yeah, but it's he the only one great. I listen to. He looks great on TV, mm. and I think that and Rodney Harrison also looks really good. Um, what do you think of the outfits that Bob Costas wears? No comment. He'll wear like the overcoats with it, like the suit underneath and like classic, the Sherlock Holmes clock. Right. He's a <laughs> okay. God bless you. Thank you. I think Bob Costas is from that that's that generation of guys who just like wear wear a blazer and that's a blazer and that's it. Mm. I don't think they're really thinking about how it looks on TV beyond it's not looking not it's not making them look bad. Um, but I I love watching what the commentary guys were. I think you look great when you were doing that show. I thought you looked really good. You didn't like what I mixed Italian and British though. <laughs> I think there is some... I mean, I don't know if I phrased it that way. Well, we talked about it. Right, we t- we texted. I, 
I think that there is. I got away to, with it, but no, I was bending some rules. You can, you can get. I also think that you're not being like a massively tall or massively muscular person. Kind of works Thank to you. your advantage too. I'm not calling you a fat out of shape person. No, I'm I saying don't. that like, for well, instance, the, if you're like this, you're gonna look different. Yeah, if you're like, if you're like a giant. Well, no, it's not just that. It also is that you kind of have to find things that just look. I mean, I think you have to find things that look good on you, period. And yep. things that you feel comfortable in. A lot of those guys aren't suit wearers by nature. Uh, you know who looks really good on TV is Teddy Bruschi. Teddy oh. Bruschi. He looks great. Shout out to Teddy. Yeah, I mean... Super Bowl champ. He, uh, he does really well by his body type. And I like seeing what he wears. Um, he also... You know, because of the way they shoot those, those, those shows, he now is... You know, he gets full body shots. So he has to look. Those guys have to look good. Oh yeah, because they got the, the giant. The shoes have to look great. Right. Yeah. The shoes have to look great, and your hair has to look great. The do whole. Do you know thing. how awkward it is to do those? Probably extremely. I absolutely hated them more than anything. Yeah. Because I can't. You have to stand still. You can't do this, and you can't. And you, your you hands got to go somewhere. You and have it's, to behave yourself. And you just feel like the camera, and you're like, eh, you, "What's my groin look like?" like there's a million <laughs> things going on. No, is my I, zipper down? Uh, it's not a comfortable. It does I not look it. comfortable. Those guys don't always. I find that that, that that the guys who work together a lot, like Merrill Hodge and, yep. and and Tom Jackson and those guys, they when they have to do those, what I would what I would at some point found embarrassing. Those like long shots where like you know Jaws goes back and throws the ball and you know somebody catches it or whatever they do. Yeah. Those are embarrassing. That's a great way to explain that, by the right. way, because that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Whatever they do. So we have a ball, and right. it's a fake field. I don't know. Throw I don't, it's like they're doing reenactments of actual plays, but yeah, I don't, they're kind of not. It. I don't know. They're trying to show us. My guess is they can measure the ratings by a minute by minute, and for whatever reason they're doing that, the rating <laughs> just, goes like this. Like, hey, yeah, uh, we, we can't just, figure it out there, but just, just throw it. There's a field and a football just work throw it somewhere. To People mistakenly think um, it's football. I think, you know, I think those guys are getting better at dressing from, from head to toe. And I also think that somebody is telling them what not to do at the very least. I mean, you know, mm. but it's different. It's funny, though, because from sport to sport, like the, the NFL guys have it okay. The hockey guys don't. Here's why I know the hockey guys are trying. And I mean, I'm not picking on hockey guys because no, they're please, hockey guys. No, please, let's do it. Please no, pick I don't, on I don't, I don't want Hockey wanna... coaches dress like movie ushers. I've been saying this for 20 years. <laughs> you see a hockey coach, you're like, is it, is it theater three? Is it theater four? They're just standing there I with your actually, tickets. I always found there to be like a used car salesman aspect Maybe to that the too. hockey coaches. Yeah. I mean, usher, like movie theater usher is actually good. But I find there to be because I mean they have they have a kind of power and a and a confidence. I wouldn't go so far as to call it swagger, but they do dress. Wouldn't call it swagger. They don't wear suits. No. So they wear a blazer and a pair of slacks. I hate that word, but it's the right word for. How they they dress. dress like they came home and their wife said, "Why didn't you wear the tie? I got you." <laughs> <laughs> yes. I thought you'd wear that today. There is something, yeah, and there's also something you kind of like fear and don't trust about about a hockey coach. Um, but look. At least the hockey coaches are making an effort. We, I mean, we can go back to the NFL. We can go, I, like, Major League Baseball. I don't know why the managers, the managers. have to dress the way. I, why are they wearing the uniform? It's idiotic. It's insane. It's infantilizing. It's one of the 30 dumbest things about baseball. And it completely, what number in the 30? It's in the 30. Okay. Is it high up? No, number, like number one is your games are too long. Please fix this. 
I don't have you. Number I one is I can't. My son can't watch anything for four straight hours. So really, you have to fix this. I don't get the complaint about how long baseball. It's is. too long. I don't know. What do you? What do you want to shorten? Just how do you move it do faster? This? How do you move it faster? Nobody gets out of the batter's box. You mean it? All? If you warmed up you in the bullpen, come in you and can't start step pitching. Out to adjust? I don't. You don't get warm up throws. I don't know. I feel you want to. You, you don't get have to a lead off clock. base anymore. You want to have a time. No clock. more pickoff throws. What? No more pickoff throws. I'm getting rid of them. They're out. For the, during the regular season and then it can come back during no. the playoffs? No, pickup throws are gone. I don't know, Bill. You have a line. Here's the base. You can go to here. They don't throw Wait, it where's over. Where's here? Is this second it's base? It's like whatever. Like, yeah, second base is there okay. and you can go to like there. And okay. that's it. No pickup throws. We're going we're gonna to keep the game going if that's okay. I'm sure most of America is agreeing with you right now. I just... No, because there's some people like, oh, we can't lose pickoff throws. But, you know, I'm, I'm a Pickoff throws are great. I'm What's a, more fun than a pickoff throw? I'm a cowardly throw? person when it comes to changing rules of most kinds when it comes to sports. I'm fine. If, if this is how it is, this is how it is. I rarely watch a sport and think, this is dumb. I do think that things like making the hockey puck glow in the dark or whatever they were doing to make hockey more fun to watch... I thought that was a bad idea, but that wasn't a hockey. But you know why they had to do that? It's because the resolution of the TVs were so bad. Nobody could see the puck. Now you wouldn't have to do that. But I mean, wait, hold on. Though we were were talking about style of TV people. Yes. And what's interesting is um, the whole equal rights thing has not progressed to the point that we had to talk about all males. If you noticed. Well. Now. I've got a lot of opinions about the women. We're not going there. We can't do. But in my house. Okay. My wife has more opinions on the outfits of females on sports TV. Let's go there. Any, Let's do no, it. we can't. Can we call Carrie? No. Why not? We can't. Can we just talk about the one best person? podcast ever in the history of the BS Report? Would be her subbing with me and you guys looking at slides of of all different types of people on TV. There is one person I am dying no, to don't talk do about. It. You can't. Oh. You can't. Okay, can't. I will just say can't. it started here, and it's now here, and I have a lot of questions about how it happened. Okay. And I miss Pam Oliver. Pam Oliver's back. Thank God. She's back. Back where? On Fox. Is she back on Fox? Yeah, Did she's on the number two that? team. They solved okay. it. All right, good. Because that was, that was some expletive. That's all I'll say about that. She was quietly uh, a pioneer. In, oh, in, yeah. In all the ways we think she's a pioneer, but also like... I remember just being like, oh, my God, who is that? Yeah, me too. She was just, just, yeah. She's Great. Everything. Good job by Pam Oliver. Uh, yeah, yeah. I second that. I'm glad she's back. Me too. Um, yeah, I didn't so, know, but I'm glad she's so back. So what we'll do is we'll tape a whole BS report that will just never <laughs> air. Just for our own, <laughs> me, just for our own fun. Me and your wife? Me, me, my, I don't, almost don't know if my, my wife could even be on that. I feel like her head would explode. With rage? I, she just can't handle it. But I don't understand. What's the problem? Do you understand that my daughter thinks she knows how to dress now and comes down in these mismatched <laughs> outfits? And it's the worst thing that's ever happened to my wife ever. And that means she just kids. lives in L.A. She's like, you dress like a Russian. How? <laughs> everybody, Russian. Everybody, everybody in L.A. dresses like a Russian or something. Yeah. Like, it's, for the, it's the car. It's the weather and the car. People feel like they spend all this time in the car. They have to, like, have all this. They have to, like, have all the outfits going at one time. Because I don't, I, I had a theory about this, and now I'm not doing a good job of articulating it, but there's something about being dressed in Los Angeles where people just don't trust their, their initial instinct. And that, that rule that, you know, that, the rule that it's, you know, before you leave the house, look at yourself in the mirror and take one thing off. 
I think in LA it's the opposite. Before you leave the house, look in the mirror and just put two things on. <laughs> like, and then get in your car and then put whatever you left in the passenger seat on when you get out of the car. That's everybody in Los Angeles. But here's what pe- you know, are you following what Chip Kelly's doing with the Eagles? Oh boy. So he's just like, it's like a fantasy team, right? It's like, hey, yes. oh, hey, it's DeMarco Murray. I'll grab him. I like Chip Kelly, by the way. That's how people in LA dress. They're like, I like these boots. Yes. And I like that skirt yes. I bought. And I like that jacket. I'm I, just going to put yeah, them on. I'm just going to make go. it work. I'm just, it's That's just going it. to work. It's just going to work. I just bought DeMarco Murray. I'm going to throw him on it's, with my jacket. It's a problem. So anyway, that's my daughter. Is we? That's that's a thing. Welcome to L.A., Bill. This yeah. is your real welcome to Los Angeles. I've had a lot of welcome <laughs> to Los Angeles. I'd like to hit the more the fashion stuff. Okay. On the podcast, I think we could torture Wesley with slides of different. A Michael Jordan slideshow with Wesley just having a heart attack would be pretty good. I'm looking at Jacoby, not the camera. Worst dresser in the NBA. I find that shocking. shocking. That is he was always on the list. And not knowing that Michael Jordan is like famously a bad dresser. He's but he was always on those lists for like best what? dressed guys. Mr. Blackwell's maybe. I'm calling. Of the worst. Calling up best dressed right now. Oh, you you do that. Can we go back to this? You Margo never Roby said thing, who was the. Way? Oh yeah, we I never did. got I back said, to Scarjo. I mean, we got it. We got the. Well, finish and this then one. we'll wrap it up. All right, start. Go with Scarjo as I Google Michael Jordan. I think that the thing that has, that hindered her for a while was that people only thought she was hot. Yeah. I think she demonstrated, I mean, and I think there is an argument to me that she was always, always and arguably a good actor. And I think the ways in which she was used in movies was purely as the sex object. And I think that what adulthood has given her is a way to think about how to still be sexual and also... Yeah, keep the sexual part. It, well... But that has to be her choice, right? Okay. So she chooses to do that, but she has to find a way to do it in a way that makes her still feel confident as a, as a performer, right? Yeah. And I think the transitional thing for her was doing that Broadway play that she won the Tony for. Okay. A View from the Bridge. I think it gave her confidence as an actor to then make these other choices in movies that weren't going to put her at the top of the box office. I mean, because she smartly is in a franchise. She'll always have, you know, blockbuster work. But every other choice she makes is really interesting based on this collaborative spirit that she has between these male directors, at least least at this point, who want to use her in these sexual ways. Or these, you know, sort of technological ways where they conflate sexuality and technology. Um, but I feel like in all of those parts, she has a say in, in how she's presented. She's one of the very few actresses I can think of working right now who is capable of doing that. And I find that really interesting. And I don't know if that makes her more appealing to the bills of the world. She needs to play a divorced diner waitress <laughs> who's just trying to make ends meet. Just make one but of those. But you wouldn't want to watch her do that. Just do one. You just would never get it out watch of the way. her do it. But Why? Well, you wouldn't want some way to do what, it. Okay, what would you like to see Scarlett Johansson do? What would I like to see? Because this is the real. I mean, I think that you know what I'd like to see her do. Yes. Here's a great part that okay. I think gets underrated enough. Uh, gets underrated as an awesome part. Yes. The Julie Roberts role in My Best Friend's Wedding. Yes. The the woman who can't believe she's not married yet, and now goes to her best friend's wedding, mm-hmm. and with the a, determined to ruin the wedding. Yes. But yet, she's somewhat likable, and even though she's basically a terrorist, 
<laughs> you don't feel like she is because right, yeah. it's like, well, she. I mean, you're like making excuses for her, but she's a horrible person. Yes, that's who she needs to play in a movie, and I don't know what that movie is. I, and you know, I've, well, I want to see. I want to see if she can be funny. She I want to see funny. if she can be like sexy but, wait, but crazy. But you but don't funny. know that she can be funny. What, I mean, is, what has she been funny? I mean, in? I think she's funny in a couple of those Woody Allen movies. I think. Um, uh. Not Matchpoint, but uh, Matchpoint's grim. Yeah, I no, love Vicky Cristina though. Barcelona. I think she's funny. I think yeah, the, she was getting that. I think the the magic one. Mm, I'm not gonna remember what it's called. Where they're, uh, I don't remember what it's called. But there, she's funny in the other one. That oh, um, not Sleuth, but something like that. Um, that begins with an S. Mm. Uh, she's funny. I think she is funny. She you know what I'm funny. doing next week? Yes. Rappaport and I are going to watch Beautiful Girls and do director's commentary for it. It's going to be amazing. Oh, you're really? going to love it. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. Oh, we have to go? Um, all right, Michael Rappaport. I can't wait to watch that. Have fun. How dare he? I'm saying. He's a one. He's got this. looks a lot. I mean, that movie, the people who love that movie baffle me. Then and I, many people do, then men I and you. women. Then I baffle you. You always baffle me. I think it's a great... This is on the list. This is like number 30 on the list of things this that This is a me. great... It's a great piece of pre-internet nostalgia for me now. Mm. Okay. It's one of the last pre-internet movies. That's a good... Where you just throw a lot of people in a movie, and the theme was basically about when you hate, you hate your late 20s... Women are going to ruin your yeah. life unless you let unless you don't let them. This is a good point. And it was this, this whole a, it's this whole genre that's, that's a just genre gone. of movies that doesn't that no longer exist. And you there's this whole ideal you have in your head that you might get to, but you're probably going to have to settle for this. You know what I liked from that period was singles. One of my favorites. Singles is a better version of that for me. Much better. Yes. But Cameron Crowe is still bitter that he screwed up that movie. He's. I mean, he that's cast the, the wrong guy as the lead. Who should have been the lead? He he thinks he blew the lead guy. Who who he, should have he been? cast Campbell Scott and he tried to turn him into kind of a ni- early nineties bro. Man, everybody never wanted made to. It. Everybody, everybody and Matt Dillon apparently games. never kind of bought into the Eddie Vedder part, the uh, or whatever part is the Citizen Dick lead singer. Oh wait, Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. He uh, played the lead, and he was like he yes. couldn't get that one right, and he didn't get the other guy right. No, there's a lot of miscasting in that movie. But they're all, like, older than they're supposed to be or younger than they're supposed to be. I don't know. There's a kind of, Good like... soundtrack. You don't believe... Yes, great soundtrack. You don't believe those people as those people. I like movies that capture great. certain eras that you know are going to shift and become something else, and then somebody made a movie right as all the stuff was happening. Like So, what? like, Reality Bites is another one, right? Yes. It's like, in 93 and 94, it was really hard to find a job. There was it, the internet hadn't been created yet. People are graduating college and they're like, "Hey, I want to be creative." Yes, yes. Oh, uh, you can't. You have these three options, or but you're going to have to be. Video plays a huge part of that movie. Yes, and there's just nowhere to put the video. Right. That's yeah. That's that's. But funny. it's like, and it's like, hey, what do I do? I'm going to borrow. I'm going to. I have my dad's gas card. I'm going to charge money to it, and that's yeah. what the early '90s was like. It, it it hasn't aged that well. It's not. It hasn't aged it that well. Age well. I still am attracted to Winona Ryder. Yeah. I salute you. Okay. I think that's a worth... Like, she's somebody I'd love to see work all the time. Kicking and Screaming is another one. The, for an yes. era-specific... Yes. Yeah, there's a whole... Pre-internet, what do I do now? Yeah. Oh, God, I'm back at home. Yes. There's a, I, I, like, I don't know if I really like that genre that much because it still exists, but the, it doesn't exist in the same way that it does now. Late 90s was that whole high school movie. 
hey, um, Hollywood realized that high school kids yeah. go on dates to go see high school movies, so we're just going to start making these. I don't know why they stopped, because those kids still would like to go to the movies and see themselves. And I would love oh, to see... Why not? I mean, those movies were mostly bad, but they were always interesting people to People went to see them. Right. People went to them, and they were really interesting, and they had a star system in and of themselves. Well, people like the Duff, right? It's doing okay. Yeah. I've not seen it, and I haven't written about it. I, I heard. I, it. Thought, I think it was pretty well received. Yeah, I mean, it, it does not appear to be bad. It's definitely doing okay. That'll be the new trend now, is um, internet culture as it relates to high school kids. I bet that's like three, yeah, four years Yeah, but it's always a tragedy. Those movies are always about something the internet is doing that's bad, because the movies right. don't want but you to use the internet. But there's a way to spin that. Right, but they won't. I don't think that... I think movies... It's the classic thing. Movies are always, like, making movies about the technology that's the threat to the business. TV, you know, the whole... There's, like, 30 years that movies just attack TV. Yeah. From, like, Face in the Crowd to Poltergeist and, like, even Barry Levinson's yeah, Poltergeist. Avalon. Yeah, I forgot about All that. All those movies are about, like, Videodrome. All these, like, any threat... The Ring, The Ring. Like, The Ring is about the threat that the... that You know, a dated threat that the, the VHS poses to the movies. I mean, I don't think that you're going to get a teen movie where, like, the internet, the internet's great. It's going to be like, the internet, some guy's going to come and, like, sexually assault you. Don't go on it. There's got to be some way to <laughs> Sorry, do it. But it's true. You know, Of course there's a way, but, I mean, you have to incentivize somebody in the studio to write that movie and oh. to release it. I don't Lord know. knows that's not going to happen. I don't know. He's you, Wesley you, Morris. He's at uh, South by Southwest all week. You'll be writing reviews, correct? Uh, yeah, of things? Uh, Maybe not? Jur- I'm a You're juror. judging things? I'm a juror. I can't write about what I'm juroring. You can't do something after the fact? I could. I could. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of the movies that, I'll, that I see will probably get distributed at some point. Congratulations on your National Magazine Award nomination, by the way. Oh, thank you very We're much, We're very Bill. proud of you. Lost to Jerry Saltz. Yeah. Very nice. Very I thought nice you should have won, but I'm biased. Thank you. I thought it's you had nice. a great year, though. Um, we'll be back uh, South by Southwest, Austin. Bunch of more guests coming up. You're welcome. Thank you for downloading the BS Report with Bill Simmons. Too much fun. Check out more podcasts at the iTunes Music Store or at PodCenter at ESPNRadio.com. Peace out.